Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. The podcast is brought to you by Levi Solicitors, where you can get 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash The Square Ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. Michael Normanson's with me. Hello. As is Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. If you want to listen to all these podcasts ad free, and this includes early access to the Match Ball, plus our subscriber only podcast, The Extra Ball, have a look at TSB Plus, our subscriber package included in that. Is a full digital sub to the magazine, so you get access to all the mags we've done from 2009 right up to the present day. You get a daily email as well, written by Moscow, and it's all at the squareball.net forward slash plus. A thank you if you voted for us in the FSA Awards. Um, the voting has now closed, hasn't it? It closed on 22nd, Monday, so we'll find out on March the 5th if we have won anything. We're nominated for an award alongside a couple of other candidates uh, from the Leeds stable. The Supporters Trust, it wasn't a votey one, and LUFC Data, which was a votey one. So hopefully all three of us will be able to bring trophies back to Leeds and have some sort of virtual drunken party. Wolverhampton, what did we get wrong? We've now decided to listen to the public, which is not always a good idea, but we did ask our TSB Plus subscribers to get in touch with us via an online form and say, having listened to the match ball, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? I like to think it was mostly positive. Or just stuff we missed, because we do sometimes forget to talk about goals and stuff on the match ball as well which we, people have picked us up on that before so you didn't even you didn't even mention clicks goal and we'd be like oh yeah that's now that's fair but and we it just, was a one nil win but we just want to capture that essence of imagine if you go into the, the pub with your mates which you used to be able to do and hopefully we'll be able to in the future you're really thick mates that spent half the game in the bar and don't know what the final score was exactly yeah we want to capture the essence of that where you just go and you talk bollocks for half an hour and see what comes out of it and you'll miss something very very obvious and now we're having our listeners tell us what we should actually talk about Democracy in action, yeah. So um, Connor Cody heading the ball and then having a little lie down. We gave them the ball back. Why did this happen? I had to do some actual work on this and look at rules, which was a bit annoying. Um, basically, if the ball is... Come on, Peter Walton, get it together. I will be Peter Walton. The referee made the correct decision. Now, if a, if a player is injured with a head injury and the ball is in the box, then it is a drop ball and it resumes from the goalkeeper. What if they're obviously faking it? Doesn't matter, does it? For all we know... Cody's head could have been blown open at the back. So there is now an incentive for you to go down clutching your head in the area if you want to nullify an opposition attack. Uh, well, essentially, yeah. Right. So the referee did the right thing, but that's because the law is an ass. Yeah, thank you. Loads of people got in touch about that. Um, Alex um, on TSB Plus said, I know Bielsa doesn't criticise referees, but he might want to consider chinning them. I mean, we can't advocate violence against referees. Well, the referees are starting it, aren't they? The, that's that true. guy yeah. in the Ipswich game who was mm. squaring up to people I'd like to see them taking on Bielsa one of the other topics that was brought up the midfield how did we think it worked out uh, without a straightforward CDM that's a defensive midfielder in the centre and this is one incident or incidents when 
we got it all right on the, the square ball because we weren't listening to Bielsa's press conference when he was giving exactly the same explanation of Shackleton's role as we were on our silly little podcast. So that felt good. Did, he wasn't, um, uh, he did, wasn't a like for like for Phillips. Did we explain it better? Well, I explained it with reference to the old Tommy grandstand game where the uh, it was battery operated and you move the players forward and backwards in little slots. They couldn't go side to side. And that's um, pretty much what Bielsa was saying about Chacleton, a clique, that they um, they didn't have a, an attacking midfielder to mark from Wolves. And so they just had to go forward and backwards either side of the two defensive midfielders in the gold shirts. So spot on. And I don't know how often it will happen because most teams do play with a, an attacking midfielder that we need, Calvin Phillips or somebody like him, to sort out. But I like Shaq. Put him in. Even there's maybe the idea that old uh, matches click could do with a, a rest because the naive fool was telling BBC Leeds last week, he's like, well, I look forward to a long summer holiday playing in the European Championships for Poland, mate. You will never, ever get a rest until the day that you retire from football. Or Shaq could come in and have a little go at his, doing his job for a while. On Shackleton, actually, the uh, internet fantasists who scored.com said he was our worst player, according to their scoring system. So I don't know what you make of that, Moscow. I know that's two conflicting opinions you're going to have to deal with. If there's one thing we specialise in, it's <laughs> cognitive dissonance. Yeah, Maybe I mean, they're right and I'm wrong. I mean, I'm willing to... Uh, to listen to them. That whole centre and midfield was poor for us, according to that, because, I mean, Rafinha was the best player for us, according to that, which I, I guess it's, it'll be done on a metric of chances created on it, and because he kept, basically kept putting the ball straight onto Liam Cooper's head, he did well doing that. But then Shackleton, Click and Roberts were all quite low scoring. So yeah, the, uh, the stats were quite skewed in this one, because I was looking at them for exactly that, the number of chances that Rafinha was allegedly involved in was um, completely distorted by the fact that he was constantly binging over corners and free kicks, whereas in you say, open Are you play, saying that in free, good free kicks and corners is cheating? I mean, we have addressed this before, haven't we, when other teams are doing it against us? Mm. Just saying, they, they go into a separate category. It feels immoral. And then in open play, Rafinha and Tyler Roberts were fairly steady for the chances they were involved in creating. And also our two worst at, at ball retention. I know it's Tyler getting a lot of um, flack for giving the ball away quite a lot. But so was Rafinha. And if we'll, if we'll take it from Raf, we'll take it from Tyler. Mm, yeah, a few people on TSB Plus on the feedback form were saying that Roberts was shit. I don't think he was shit. I think he did all right. He was all right. It's frustrating, isn't it? We've, we've covered it off before, but he was, he was fine. Yeah, he's not, he's not quite match winning, but he's fine. But that's the stage that we're at in our development at the minute. He was this far away. I'm doing a, a very small measurement between my finger and thumb, a pixel away. Is that from, a, it's a Moscow's penis for those uh, who can't visualise it. And if you are visualising my penis now, you've got Dan Moyland to thank for that. Well, we're looking image. at we're bloody looking at it, so put it away. It's generally how I I measure offside decisions when we're discussing them. It's, <laughs> against the telly, whip that out <laughs> and say, "Well, it's got a square uh, end on it too, which makes it extra useful for these new." It's like London buses or jum, uh, jumbo jets. It's, it's becoming one of those standard uh, units of measurement or football pitches. It's a Moscow's penis. Continue. Yes, <laughs> it was half a Moscow's cock offside. And and he would have had two assists in two if it wasn't for that. And I know you love it when I refer to what I've written in the Yorkshire Evening Post, but he is younger still, Tyler Roberts, than Calvin Phillips was in spring of 2018 when everybody decided Calvin Phillips was shit and was never going to amount to anything. And actually went back for this article and had a look at some of the online commentary. And it's eerie how similar it is between Calvin then 
at 22 and a bit and Tyler Roberts now at 22 and a bit, even down to they both smile too much, mm. which was the... Um, Haircuts too. Haircuts. Haircuts, because it was just when Tyler had, had started growing it out. So it was like, you know, he can take his shit hair and he'll all he'll be good for is playing for Geisley in three years was one. And then somebody had screenshot from Facebook, but somebody had got... Um, got a, a gallery of photos of Calvin Phillips smiling as he goes like, you know, when the video, the player's going into the, the tunnel and stuff and saying, um, and this, and putting them all together, say, this is all he does, smile. And this is before he'd even grown his shit hair. So that was the other one. And then, yeah, Tyler Roberts had that on um, after the game because his interview on BT Sport when he, he dared smile and the, uh, the interviewer, I can't remember who it was, but jokingly said to him, ha ha, your centre-half, your captain, Liam Cooper, he could have had a hat-trick, couldn't he? Ha ha. Just hum- humour a joke. Yes, and Tyler Roberts, instead of stony face, looking at him saying, we do not joke about Liam Cooper, said, ha ha, yeah, he probably could. And that's not good enough for um, social media, but it's it's interesting. Calvin Pe- Phillips... People, it, people are mental, aren't they? But then the development, there is a, a conversation about the development, because Calvin Phillips at that stage was underwhelming, and I think at the moment Tyler Roberts is quite underwhelming, although I think his his cameos are better than he's given credit for. But Calvin Phillips, at, the, at slightly older than Tyler Roberts is now, was underwhelming in the bottom half of the championship and everybody's convinced we should get rid. Tyler Roberts is coming on and getting assists and creating chances. And the Newcastle goal, Jackie Haradona's volley, was created by him in the middle of the pitch. He's doing that in the Premier League. And I think there's more hope there than people are necessarily giving Tyler credit for. Yeah, I mean, we should learn about writing people off, shouldn't we, if... Uh... If ever, you know, we need an example, we've got Patrick Bamford and Calvin Phillips and egg on faces. Players can improve. Mm. And they do. And if we again, one thing that we we take from the Bielsa journey, the arc, is that people take time to improve, but they do improve over time. And the other point that Bielsa was making in the week after the Arsenal game, when people were talking about how Stroy could perform and Melier's mistakes and stuff, when he said what we would have to pay to replace those players is beyond what Leeds United could afford. So all we have to do is put them in the team and help them to get better. And it's true, if you wanted a player who, as Tyler Roberts can, can cover Rodrigo and Bamford, either of the two forward positions, can probably play either of the wings as well, to a standard that's acceptable for the middle of the Premier League, that's going to be £20, £30 million that we're better off spending elsewhere, where we don't have a player. And all we have to do in this case is give Tyler Roberts another contract, which wouldn't be on massive money, and keep him. Yeah, and there's something nice about watching players improve as well. It's just that we've got no patience. So what we're saying there with that one is everybody else is wrong, not us, which I'm glad we've settled that one. Great. Uh, A number of people on the feedback highlighted Bamford's offside goal and said that we accepted it far too easily. Um, Andy is one of the people who mentioned this on TSB Plus on the feedback. It's just because it's VAR, isn't it? I mean, I've... I've got a clip in the propaganda section in a bit. You'll hear a Wolves reaction to that goal. And it was basically the same as ours. It was It's just complete confusion. And you can't even bring yourself to be annoyed by it because it. what's the point? It's one of those things they're going to persist with. And we can argue about whether or not the spirit of the rule is being enforced properly. And it clearly isn't. But that's not what they're going with at the moment, is it? They're going on millimetre precision. Mm, uh, being, And absolutely, there must be a correct answer on it. it which binary, isn't it? Off or on. I've got a good article sent to me. It was uh, our mate Violet White who popped it through about how they're making these decisions. It's too long to explain how it works, but it was basically saying they should use gradients instead of solid lines. They should use gradients because it's to do with like frame rates and speed of mm. players' movement and stuff like that. And they should use it to calculate a probability of, of it being offside or on. And then it's saying there should be a threshold. So if based on the movement and all this and you put it in your fancy computer and your fancy computer works it all out, 
we'll come up with a probability for you. He says, why not have a cutoff of, let's say, 67%? And if it's 67% likely probability mm. um, of it being offside, if the probability crosses that threshold, then you give it offside. So it would stop these really marginal, millimetre perfect judgments. I think just for ease as well, if they just judged it on standing feet or something instead. So if, if any bit of the body isn't touching the floor, that doesn't count. And then they can they can actually draw a line on the floor because when it's it's when you're trying to judge perspective as of a knee having been lent forward or a shoulder that's leaning above a grounded foot and all that sort of stuff. That's when it becomes impossible and also ridiculous because you start thinking, well, well so the, the VAR, if he stood up straight, he's not offside. Well, this but thing if he's is leaning is offside. I won't get into too much granular detail because it's boring. But the frame rates that they judge VAR on are 50 frames per second, so it's twice like super slow mo speeds, like twice as fast as you normally get out of your telly or whatever. And it's more accurate than your standard high-def television picture or whatever, you know. It's just more accurate. But even still, you think about how far players can move during each one of those frames, like one of 50 frames. It's, it's actually quite a lot. They can move, something worked out, it's like 20 or 30 centimetres, which is, you know, and when they're, they're judging it on millimetre-perfect decisions, it's bollocks, isn't it? And I assume, in the case of this boring suggestion, that it would all just be down to the computer decides, yeah. works it out. Because the situation we have at the moment is that it is just, it's the same people who referee games, just idiots squinting at a screen, moving a line back and forward. And it's just, I picture your grandparents squinting at an old CRT monitor, trying to work out what the capture says so they can log into their online banking. It's just the same thing. Oh, I can't quite see what this is. Whereas if you put it all down to actual computing power, there's a benefit there. It should be either one or the other. It's just either. Well, that's it. There's another element of human judgment involved in it because they've got the Hawkeye team there, you know, who pioneered it. So you've got the Hawkeye staff there. There's also the ref who is the actual VAR. And then what they do is they choose one of like three different frames for the one that they're judging to be the moment the ball is played. So they're still choosing one of three frames. So is it the first, the second or the third? And your outcome of the VAR decision will be affected by which frame they choose. So there's still it's still human choice. It's just deferring it to Stockley Park. And I think this is why we were so ready to just accept that Bamford was offside because you just avoid all this bullshit. Yeah. Just give him offside. Fucking don't care. Or, or if the computer just goes, yeah, 62% likelihood of offside. Right, he hasn't crossed the threshold. He's fine. And you go, okay, fine, we accept it. And it's at least done on some sort of more scientific basis than, you know, some idiot with Photoshop in Stockley Park. Anyway, yeah, I think I think we just didn't really speak about it because it's just fucking tedious, isn't it? As we just waited. It was surprising how close it was, ultimately. Because we didn't, didn't celebrate, really... did we? No, and I didn't realise that until afterwards. And even watching the, the lines on the screen when they were doing VAR, it's just like, just, just fucking give it offside. What we also didn't talk about was what a good finish it was yeah. at the mm. end of it, because we didn't celebrate it, so it didn't feel ever feel like a goal, and then it was ruled out. But it's his trademark finish. Yeah, absolutely. Now, isn't it? Spanked that... it in, didn't he? Yeah. Another complaint then about refereeing, the time-wasting. Um, this was flagged up. Is this a complaint about refereeing or a complaint about Wolves? Well... Anybody who's not Leeds is on the receiving end of this. And Michael, you've gone to extraordinary lengths. I think, is this classed as research? Um, I think it's my pettiness getting the better of me, actually, in that I was so annoyed by it. I went and rewatched the, I didn't do the full game because it could be asked, but I went from the point of them scoring, basically, and saw to see how much of the game actually took place after that point. There's the goal scored, that was 55 seconds. There was the Bamford VAR goal, that was another minute and 10 there was the first round of subs, that was minute 40. There was when Saez went down after injured after a corner, which coincidentally, no one anywhere near him on that. He just went down screaming, holding his car for, for no reason, it seemed. That was a minute and 23. Then there was the Cody head injury, it was a minute and six. So those 
incidents alone gave over six minutes of stoppages that should have been added on. And in total, from them scoring the goal, the ball was in play for 12 minutes and 57 seconds. When did they score? Uh, it should, including injury time, it should have been 31 minutes. There was 31 minutes of game left at that point, including the injury time that was added on. But yeah, the ball was in play for, for under 13 minutes. And that doesn't include all the times that Patricio has basically stood with the ball in his hands, which was probably accounting for another minute or two of that, I would say. Christ. So we were shortchanged. Rick pointed out that all this meant we were last on match of the day because the game was that fucking boring. They just shoved us last, which means anyone that didn't watch it and was waiting to see the highlights had to stay up till godforsaken hours. And that's Wolves' fault as well. I did, I did enjoy, the one benefit of this was that I did see Wolves referred to as Piri Piri Burnley. Yeah, brilliant that. Which, is, gr- which is completely fair because yeah. it is, a, I mean, I know all clubs do this, like the, the best teams in the world, I'm sure. Pep Guardiola's Barcelona at some point kept a ball in a corner as well. They may have done it in a slightly more artistic way than this, but everyone tries to run the clock down sometimes. But doing it at home in a game like this just felt unnecessary. It is one that the referee should be getting a grip of. You know, they they make that big show. Well, no, I'm adding it on, pointing at the the watch. And then they don't. As As you say, it should have been at least six minutes just from the stoppages. And that's without them taking ages over every throw in, every goal kick, every corner. Which is the bits where he's always pointing, no, don't worry about it, I'm adding it on. And that's why Pablo was laughing in the referee's face for only giving five. He should have been giving us ten. Realistically, probably should. <laughs> I know I know, it is never given us ten, but like I say, if, if just the really big stoppages added up to over six. And imagine if they started then wasting time in injury time, you would be there until midnight. It's always worth wasting time in injury time because they never had it on. Mm. Rest don't have the balls to let the clock go for an additional three minutes, do they? Even if something major has happened. Yeah, because once you've put the board up, and it's a it's a symptom of the board having been put up that says five on it. If you then start adding on the time that's been stopped in stoppage time, you get whoever's on the, the touchline. If I, for some reason, I'm picturing Duncan Ferguson <laughs> but yelling at you, where's this time coming from? You said five minutes, ref. Well, your goalkeeper's been lying on the ground for four of those minutes. Don't matter. Come on, ref, you said five minutes. We do sound like bitter old men, though, now, don't we, just because we lost? Well, football can be fun, can't it? And that wasn't fun. It felt like the game never got going. I mean, this is another thing I could have timed if I could have been asked. But I would imagine any one period of play lasted for about 30 seconds post their goal as well, because there was just always something breaking up, a little a little pull of a shirt to stop an attack or them having eight throw-ins in a row and taking 30 seconds over each one. It just was boring. We've um, we've been spoiled by Bielsa, haven't we? Leeds under Bielsa should never be last on match of the day. That's mm. how bad Wolves were. I think it is also a, a symptom of being in the Friday night game. Nah. No, definitely not. <laughs> Blame Wolves. Fine. <laughs> well, let's find out what the Wolves fans thought in uh, in propaganda. Dazzling Dave, what's he had to say? I like quite like this guy. He's, he's got a slight look of Gerard Houllier, but then with like a Wolverhampton accent, which is slightly odd to listen to. I mean... This is a clip of them scoring, and I've left it in for the use of one word, which I'm going to, just because I like the way he said it. So I'll let you decide which one it is. Traore still going, shoots. Oh, yeah! Oh, what a goal! What a goal! Traore's, oh my word, it's a thunderstrike! It's a thunderbolt! But it wasn't a great goal, was it? It was a thunderstrike! It wasn't wide. He missed. It was a thunder wide. Yeah, he deserved it. No, he didn't deserve anything. He deserved nothing because he missed. He did miss. Which, again, we said on the match Thunder strike! <sighs> oh, well. We're trying to picture that coming out of a brummy Julier's face <laughs> as well. He doesn't always look like him. He's got sort of, he's a bit goofier than Julier, but there's just something about him that has a... A goofy brummy Julier. <laughs> he's, better better. he's a real catch, this guy. 
I didn't mind the Wolves fans actually from watching a, a few clips. And Dazzling Dave had like a, a kind of a phoning type show afterwards as well, and everyone on there seemed fine. They didn't say anything that was worth putting out again on a Leeds podcast, but they all seemed perfectly nice. There was no Arsenal fan TV types on it. Rich though, aren't they? <laughs> they are rich. Just really bloody rich. Right, Harry Mansell then. Nigel's lad. Yeah, what's he been up to? This is just his reaction to. I think it was the last of Cooper's good chances. And you can, I mean, he's being realistic here. He knows that they're absolutely getting away with this. Here they go. Ball in. Get it out. Oh, my God. Is he offside? He's got to be offside. Leeds should have scored again. Ball in. Ball in. I thought he was offside. Gets in so easily. No one marking him, but it's a good save from Patricio. Wow. How Leeds haven't scored, I've got no idea, by the way. They've had some good chances. Now they've got a corner. They've got a corner now. 67th minute. Can Wolves clear it? Oh, my God. They've got their head on it, but it's gone out to the right-hand side. They're going to get the ball back in. We're we're hanging on here, boys. We're hanging on. Oh, my God. How, 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 how? I enjoyed how he turned that into a little song there. That was nice, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, after the game, the, the Wolves fans were generally a bit more like, oh, no, we deserve that. It was a good performance. But the reality of it is that in watching the live situation and going, they're going to score here. They're going to score. Have they not scored? Bloody do, hell. Do we blame Liam Cooper entirely for everything? Well, it wouldn't have harmed him to score one of those, would it? If that third if, one was if, quite if, difficult. When if it was his at, skull was built differently. When it's at the back post and the one he got on his foot, which I think they're talking about there, was quite difficult. Click hit the post as well in the first half. I think that gets underrated too. But um, that was a bigger chance that he made entirely out of himself. Nobody thought he was going to shoot from there, but he gave it a decent... A decent goal, but he was not able to spare Liam Cooper's shame. It could have been really a th- shame. Could have been a thunderstrike if it had th- hit the post and gone in back in off the keeper. I thought he, you meant off Liam Cooper's head. Thunderstrike. He's our centre half, isn't he? Hey. There we go. Uh, Harry was quite reasonable in terms of how we consume football and the stuff we were just talking about there in VAR and how it's just ruined it. So this is a clip where it's the the VAR goal, isn't it? Bamford's goal. Yeah. It's in his reactions, where he's. Kind of similar to how ours was of being very confused by the various stages. Of it. I've, I've taken out the silences there just to speed it through, but this is this is exactly as it unfolded. Oh no, Bamford one on one. He's offside. So Bamford's just put the ball in the net. Bamford has just banged a banged a goal in, but he's offside. VAR are going to check it. Let's have a look. Ooh, I think he is offside. I think he is offside. Great finish from Bamford, by the way. A really good finish. He was offside. Thank God for that. Wolves are getting all the luck on their side today. But that was tight. That was tight. Oh, no. He might be onside. He's onside. He's onside. He's onside, lads. It is offside. Oh, thank God for that. I thought they were going to give onside then. It is offside. Great finish, by the way. Really good goal. But it's offside. We're good. VAR's checked it. Don't worry. Ah, the thrill of the sport. It's (laughs) Bowyer. He's closing in on the AC Milan goal in the torrenting rain. He's thrashed it. What a thunder. Thunderstrike. Oh, Dean has dropped it. It's gone in the net. Okay, hang on, everybody. Let's wait five minutes to see whether fucking, I don't know, Alan Smith's pubes were offside. Hang on. Oh, no, he's definitely offside. Oh, no, he's not. Hang on. But now a line. And Dida's scratching and his balls. And another line. As Dida, oh, Dida's just stood around now. Dida's sat down by the post like Neville Sal- uh, Southall. Oh. They're bringing Moscow on. He's <laughs> taking his trousers off. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard from Marcelo Bielsa in the last couple of days about his future, hints that he might stay until the job is done. Uh, We'll talk about that in a second or two. Uh, Phil has written a bit about it on The Athletic this week as well. He's written about uh, Southampton 
preview. And this is interesting, Radrazani's plans for a network of European clubs. Uh, will we be part of a, a stable? You can get our exclusive athletic sign-up deal, uh, which knocks around at about a pound a month. Uh, details at theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. If you want to catch up with Phil Hay and all the stuff that he's written on there. Of course, we've got the podcast coming in the second half of the week. Theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. We named her as uh, Hero of the Week uh, last week. Paul Granny Val has, uh, has passed away. So we send our condolences to Calvin Phillips and, and all his family, which is rotten as well, as we mentioned last week. She was very much the, sort of the heart and soul of, uh, of the documentary Takers Home. So she, I think she's going to be missed and she's an indelible part of Leeds United's history now. Strange, isn't it, how everyone got so attached to her? I've, I felt like in the old days, you know, Gary McAllister's grandparents may have died and no one would have known. Yeah. But it's just like, I think it's the... The way we've formed a bond with this team as well, to an extent that we just like, we kind of have all felt this to a weird extent. Yeah, the fact that it's down there on video and we knew it was, it's a part of our history and she was such a big part of that, such a big personality that it's, it's just really, really sad, isn't it? There's nothing we can really say. And we'll move on now then to talking about Marcelo Bielsa. Phil reporting that he's looking at staying for another season. We've had uh, hints of that in the pre-Southampton press conference uh, where he's talking about staying until the job is done and he doesn't want to go anywhere else. I think it's a uh, come and sack me plea to the Leeds United <laughs> board, isn't it? That's the way it will be uh, tilted. It sounds like, I, I haven't heard the question, but it sounds like it was being presented to him the way it was being presented in some of the papers over the weekend. Phil did his story saying um, it's very likely that Bielsa will stay, but because Rad Rizzani had done an interview on a CBS Sports podcast where he said pretty much the same thing. We that he says every year, actually, we hope Bielsa will stay, but we are, you know, we have plans in place in case he doesn't want to. That got presented as, um, I think it was uh, Leeds preparing. Plan for life without him. Yes, wasn't it? preparing for Bielsa's departure, have plans, hope he will, st- hope against hope that he will stay. Whereas Bielsa, yeah, he says, um, if the club would uh, would like an answer on my future now, I will, the answer he would give them is, you need to make sure I don't fuck things up in the rest of the season. You are right, to be honest, Marcelo. We trust you for for the last, what is it, 15 games, 14 games. You're fine. Let's stay. I'm fine. Well, Big Sam will be available at the end of the season, probably. That's true, yeah. Bielsa, I would not consider any alternatives until my job here with Leeds is done, which, you know, I take that to mean he considers his job not finished yet. Yes, yeah, I'm not going to be in contact with anyone and no one has offered me anything. And it's the least I can do given how I have been treated by the president of the club. And, he, and, and he loves Yorkshire as well. He's, he's a wise man, even wiser than we thought. There is nothing better than what Leeds represents as a job, given how the club is and the principles that they have. Due to the public, the stadium, the fans, because the project the club is undertaking, due to the knowledge I have and the people here, there is a lot of knowledge I have accumulated due to being integrated to the city and also to this region in England and also what surrounds it, Yorkshire. If it's a fourth season, are we into sustainable territory there? I know Steve Nichols said it wasn't, but four seasons is starting to look sustainable. Can you have four seasons of six twos and four twos and five twos? Could be four seasons of incremental improvements as well, Mm. which does start to look sustainable, but maybe not. Who are we to say? We didn't play right back for Liverpool. Had a chuckle at this, uh, the fantasy Premier League stuff that's been doing the rounds. Uh, it's been covered on The Athletic, hasn't it, where people are finding out about injuries and stuff because professional footballers are leaving their teammates out of their FPL lineups, which is basically insider trading, isn't it? And I know the football authorities seem very keen to protect the profits of bookmakers. Are they keen to protect the integrity of the Premier League fantasy football game as well? Is that 
is that up there with their priorities? I don't know. It feels like this has maybe been made in something it doesn't need to be. Just tell your players not to have public leagues. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fairly sure if Liam Cooper wins the entire fantasy <laughs> league competition, the money will probably go to a charity. And yeah, you would just give it to the the next person. If maybe there's got to be that's it. Don't be in a in public leagues. Let them play, and it maybe it's a bigger threat to um inter squad or intra squad well-being if Gianni Alioski is telling Liam Cooper I'm not going to make it at the weekend but he's not telling Jamie Shackleton and then that so Shackleton's still got Alioski as his captain and Liam Cooper's quietly dropped him then the next thing you know it's tearing the dressing room apart I don't give a fuck about the integrity of a national football league competition fantasy football league competition or a football league competition the EFL can get to fuck as can the (laughs) FFL but just, just it's the Leeds United dressing room and the arguments there that I worry about. Just imagine what Dennis Wise would do if he got his hands on this. I remember too, because they are training in separate groups because of the COVID regulations. They're all in small rooms with just a little group. So if one of them sees, you know, Helder Costa comes in with blood flying out of his knees. <laughs> flying out. But in the next room, they've got absolutely <laughs> no idea. And it's half an hour till the transfer deadline in Fantasy League. Then that comes out and then they see... You know, they've made the changes as to getting warming down after training. And then they see Helder being wheeled into an ambulance. His knee's pissing blood. <laughs> and the, the, why, is the, why has nobody stopped it? Find some pressure to that man's knees, for God's sake. And the smug expression <laughs> on Rafinha's face is as well. I knew it was happening. I've got him out of my team. So, <laughs> oh dear. I'm sure it will all be fine. I think there are adult ways around footballers so we playing look, we look forward football. to all the FA the players, charges the players do mention it I mean Bamford mentioned it earlier this season didn't he he said he'd, he'd taken himself off he'd decapsined himself didn't he before, before scoring a goal which it's, I suppose it's like the old thing where footballers could bet and Lee Chapman used to bet on himself to score first in a game it's the equivalent of that but footballers don't really need money anymore so they just have to do it for a laugh yeah it's fantasy football I mean what is the prize for fantasy football league it's probably quite big for winning the whole thing but yeah. let's face it you're not gonna because there's about 15 million people play it or something. Uh, under 23s still pissing the league, which is great. Another win this week, 2-0 away at Norwich. Played the kids in the kids. It was something we were advocating. We've got a bunch of children playing for the children. It was all the uh, the more senior children were with the first team, weren't they? Because we played on the same day. But still won nice and easily. Three red cards, a filthy game, which it wasn't actually. The ref just lost the plot a little just bit. A, a Mike De- under 23s Mike Dean. He was a little bit, yeah. Uh, but we were good. Drama in uh, Somerville really good again. Max mm-hmm. Dean, who is... 17 this week, so a legitimate child. That sounds like he knows his parents is, you know what I mean? And actually a child, not like a, not like a 19 <laughs> not year old. The rest of the bastards in that, in that <laughs> team. Sorry about that, Mr. and Mrs. Dean. <laughs> no, no, we, we know we know who they are. It's a, a like a preel of no idea his, his father is. Did he run along and go? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Didn't really. They're all from lovely families. Anyway, they're, they're winning that league yeah. dead easily and uh, we should play them all in the first team because we've lost again. <laughs> yes. Uh, who are we going to put in charge? Eddie Gray? Yeah, let's do that. Um, Mark Jackson assisting him. Yeah. Uh, Pep Clotet, we've seen photos of him with uh, Massimo Cellino uh, at Brescia. Now, we should give the context for this photo. So we've got Pep Clotet sat in the background in what appears to be some sort of uh, low-rent executive box on the phone. And then Cellino is marching up and down the touchline in what appears to be the coach's role. Somehow you always knew this photo would be taken, didn't yeah, you? It's just just a matter of what the circumstances would be. And you'd but, maybe but it, not think Pep Clotet would be... Uh, he'd been sent off, hadn't he, the Clotet, that's what... Which is surprising yeah. as well. I mean, Pep Clotet, always a lovely fellow, and he's been working at Brescia for a week, and he's been sent off for arguing with referees. I told you that this would happen. This would be the corruption of Clotet. 
and it's not going well. It's going exactly as I predicted. Some more details have been uh, furnished in terms of the uh, the 49ers investment. We've seen the first tranche of money has been lodged with uh, with Companies House. 23 million quid appears to have gone into the club as the first payment. I mean, we don't know the full ins and outs details of this, but we know it's happening in stages, don't we? That's one thing. And we know that Radrizzani last week said what they've purchased, what they bought in as now values the club at 300 million pounds. Although I did then see another report that said that was dollars. So, I mean, it's still very difficult, but pounds were the, was the, the noise that came out of his face. So that seems to be the, the, the number we go with, which is a lot. And then he started talking about as being worth a billion pounds mm. at some point. Which it's like, is, uh, Doc, is it Dr. Evil from the uh, Austin Powers movies? He's going a bit that way. Billion pounds of Leeds United. One billion pounds. Uh, it is possible that Rads, he may have sold some shares back to the club, which means he's got about 8 million quid from it, but we need confirmation on that, on the full story. And the other part of this is that Paragmarate, when they were doing the um, the press conference uh, in the wake of, of getting the shares and all that, he said there were no, no new shares involved, but this appears to not be the case because we've seen new shares being issued from the club, haven't we? So It's all know. very complicated. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we're not suggesting anything untoward has taken no. place. It's just that it would be nice to have some clarity so we understand what's going on. But, yeah, you know. it, it's always that thing of whether buying shares directly puts money into Simon's transfer pots as it used to be. The chest, the war, the war chest. The so. war chest. But it's, not, um, it's also not surprising that Radrizzani would take some money back off these purchases when you remember that in the championship he was putting in a million pounds a month to keep the club going because we lost a million pounds a month so that was coming out of his group counts so it's not entirely unreasonable that he then says yeah i'll have some of that back for being in the premier league now yeah he's, so, he's selling his shares he's not nicking it off us is he no <laughs> which is fine. he had to put the money in in the yeah. first place to get the money out so yeah. it's um it's not money disappearing as it may have in former times under former owners well, uh, in the accounts as other Yes. Yeah. This, we know exactly what's, well, we don't know exactly what's happening here, but it is documented. And I like where we are at the minute. Down. I like where we are. It's good fun. So um, on to more important matters. I mean, who cares really about the shares and the ownership of Leeds United when Scott Scotty Parker has been voted the best looking manager in the Premier League. Marcelo Bielsa came 16th. We don't need to run through the full list, but your top three are Parker at one, uh, Tuchel at two, and Arteta at three with Jose and Jurgen Klopp four and five. Well, at the bottom, though, we'll run from the bottom upwards. 20th was Roy Hodgson, Sam Allardyce 19th, Chris Wilder 18th, uh, Steve Bruce 17th, which I think I think you'll be pleased with. And then 16th was was Bielsa above that. It feels a bit ageist, does that? The older chaps are uh, getting a bit of a hammer in there. Because a young Marcelo Bielsa was that? Oh, hello. Whereas a young Steve Bruce, no. <laughs> so I think I think there's a big jump there from 17 to 16. It's one of those where you need a, to represent the table in a different way to see the distances between 17th and 16th, because saying that there is one place between Steve Bruce and Marcelo Bielsa, and I'm surprised Carlo Angelotti is so low. I think the whole list is shambles. I mean, Tuchel is second on it. He's got body parts under the floorboards vibes he has. <laughs> Very creepy, man. He is villain in a 1980s German film, isn't he? <laughs> and also, to put, have Guardiola and Deitch next to each other feels wrong in there. I mean, I know Guardiola has just pipped him, but I mean, I think Guardiola is quite attractive. I, was, I would put him above he's eight, Mourinho. He's one, he's one of those blokes who's aged well. I mean, Jose. I put him above Arteta, in fact. Yeah, Scott Parker, I, I kind of get because he's smartly dressed thanks to that Bladigan thing that he he gets. So I think he's had a bit of a, a leg up there. But is he the most beautiful in the league? I don't think so. Do you? No chance. No chance. And it's not just about. Let's not turn David Moyes into a sex object. Let's look at the personalities. Yeah, that, well, that all plays into it, doesn't it? And on that basis, I think Bielsa wins. Again, that's the most important thing, but injuries. Phillips, is he coming back? No. Urente? No. Oh, no, yes. 
Yes, he is. Your is fine. Um, How's cock? Personal question. <laughs> We've, we dealt with that earlier. <laughs> He's been sharing pictures of himself, hasn't he? Yep. He's still not back in the team, though. Neither is uh, Rodrigo for Southampton. And why is Brady not back yet? We had a video of him and everything doing running. And he may, I mean, we'll come on to the Villa stuff in a minute, but he may have uh, had the opportunity to end Jack Grealish, but that looks like it's fallen by the wayside. He can stand down, can't he? TV games as well. We've had another load move around, haven't we? West Ham away Monday night at eight o'clock. That's a pain in the arse. To be fair, so is Chelsea Saturday lunchtime. I mean, that's a pain in the arse. It's not three o'clock. And then Fulham on a Friday night, pain in the arse. All these games are a pain in the arse. All three London clubs as well, pain in the arse. London, shut it down. Should we bother with those? Because we're safe in I this think, league. I kind of think Fulham away is probably our last chance to ever win in London. So we should probably do that. We'll give it a whirl. Unless Brentford come up. Well, with our fantastic record there. Yeah, but that's the old stadium though. They're in the new one now yeah, where there's no history. They've so lost can, their magic, haven't they now? We can write our own. There's no Chilino eating a hot dog ghost. As much as uh, it's enjoyable to watch them collapsing. Yet again, from their... Uh, I mean, I know nobody gives a shit about the championship now we're up here, but just to let you know, after looking like they were going to pinch promotion, they are still riding high, but they've lost three on the bounce. So I want them to collapse again. Although it would be fun to see them come up just to watch them find out how hard the Premier League actually is and then hopefully go back down a la Sheffield United. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? I think we should just not have them in there in the first place. They're not really a Premier League team, are they? That daft little stadium. Fuck off with it. Keep it in the championship. Dermot Gallagher, we mentioned this uh, last week and Jerry McNamee has been uh, in touch. Probably worth just clarifying the thing that we were on about last week, the crazy accent. So Dermot Gallagher, very much a proud Irishman, but you wouldn't know it from how we've heard him. So here was him doing some post-match analysis on Sky. I think the referees are working harder to um, identify things like that. I mean, last year there was more penalties given for that than any previous season in the Premier League. That's the Dermot Gallagher we know. I won't say no and love, just no. Where's your home county sort of vibe to him? Yeah, something like that, yeah. With a hint of, you know, some sort of ancestry maybe over the Irish Sea, you think? Well, no, he recently did an interview with an Irish journalist when the real accent came through. Have a listen to this. Ah, uh, well, it's because I'm talking to Irish people. My my best mate, Alan Wiley, gives me no end of stick because um, I have to crank it down a bit with English people. And <laughs> it was quite ironic when my dad was alive, God bless him, one of my friends said to me, why, why do you talk Irish to your dad and you talk English to us? And I went, I don't. Hmm. I was thinking about Gaelic, you see, and they went, no, your accent changes. That's the way you wouldn't understand me. Which one is he faking? The whole tone of it changes as well, I'm sure. It gets, does it get deeper or something as well? It's like a different personality to him as well. He's much more relaxed in his own, well... It's fun, isn't he? What he claims is his own voice. <laughs> well, um, Jerry got in touch and said, uh, further to your Dermot Gallagher accent mention, I met him many times on Island Away trips, but didn't realise who he was. <laughs> Uh, as I didn't expect the accent, I asked him what he did. Uh, and when he said he works for Sky, I asked if he fit dishes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great stuff. This does remind me, I was just looking to see whether Robbie Keane has followed his former uh, leader, Jonathan Woodgate, has taken over permanently at Bournemouth. Well, permanently. Till the end of the season when Frank Lampard wants it, presumably. But I was reading, I don't know if um, if Robbie Keane has gone, but they've chosen Woodgate, having decided against Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieira, and um, somebody else whose name escapes me, but sounded like they would be quite good. I.e. not Jonathan Woodgate. Not Jonathan Woodgate. Bless him. He did well at Middlesbrough, did he? Well, they sacked him. He was a lot worse than Warnock, wasn't he? Think of it that way. Well, yeah, they've had to bring Warnock in to get a tune out of the, uh, the broken old piano that he turned Middlesbrough FC into. I wonder if Robbie Keane has an opinion on how 
whether they should have gone with Thierry Henry, who obviously famously has disputes with the Irish. No. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Got Southampton on Tuesday, hence why we're recording on a Monday. Stop buggering about with our fixtures. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, this is the most buggered about fixture, isn't it? Mm. This is the first time we've played him. Do you want to know an exciting fact? I passed the Southampton team coach on my way into recording this today. It was on the lower ring road heading away from Ellen Road towards Pudsey. Did you brick it? Uh, I turned round. Where, where were they going? Went after it. Depends. They've got a number of different hotels, so it depends where they're staying. I know one of the designated hotels is the Marriott in Bailden, over towards sort of Shipley Way. So uh, they sometimes stay there. Over to you, the people of Bailden. Get down there with some fireworks and some air horns. Keep them awake. It it might not have been. There's also what there's the village. Do it anyway. Set the fire alarm off in every Leeds hotel you can get access to. Don't don't do that. (laughs) Only the only the ones to the west, because we know which direction they were going in. So I mean, they've got anywhere between. They've got a bloody great big branded coach, so it shouldn't be too hard to find them. And and they'll let the tires down on that as well. (laughs) Do we really give them that? um, Don't do that. There is. We mentioned it last week, but there's 1% chance of us going down and 1% chance of us qualifying for Europe statistically. So effectively, the season is over. And I think Southampton are pretty much in the same boat where nothing that happens between now and the rest of the season affects anything apart from prize money. So is now the moment to start rattling pots and pans outside team hotels and setting fire to team coaches? Yeah, but two two million quid per finishing place thereabouts in the Premier League. So. Burn that coach. <laughs> Don't burn the coach. Just We should just say... Just for the record, we do not endorse any form of criminal damage to Southampton's property, mm-hmm. well-being, none of that. No, don't, don't. Naturally not. I mean, the, the whole reason this was um, rearranged in the first place was because they were all a bit unwell, weren't they? They had the COVID thing, and Leeds did too. I think Melier would have been unavailable for this one, except when Southampton said, uh, "Oh, we can't do it." No, it was because of their. They were replaying their cup tie, weren't yeah. they? They got cancelled because of. Um, COVID in the first place and we, we readily said well yes because otherwise Kiko Kassia is in goal so please play it whenever you want after he's back and now here we are well Southampton are, are 13th in the league just behind us we're 12 two points behind us they were top weren't they at one stage I think after about did they not win it six games or something with the top I can't remember they were they certainly did a, they put out a stop the count tweet didn't they when was all that going on they were top then yeah they've lost six in a row I believe before the draw with Chelsea. It's all gone a bit wrong. There's a, a litany of excuses, including 
one or two of their players did get COVID and VAR decisions have gone against them. And I think they just don't talk about the 9-0 at Old Trafford. They just go, well, that happened. The one that they, Old Trafford, you can do that though, I think. Yeah, the one they were more annoyed about was um, then going to Newcastle and losing that one because they were kind of like, well, bounce back from that 9-0, everything will be fine. And they, they absolutely did not. They let Steve Bruce's Newcastle beat them, which is a... Who had men sent off as well. Yeah, they were ni- down to nine for some like the last 20 minutes and they still couldn't do anything. They are really in a lot of trouble, our Newcastle, aren't they? But that's a different discussion for another day. But I'm glad that Southampton got that draw with Chelsea because I wouldn't want them coming here on the back of seven straight defeats because it sounds daft, but you kind of want them to get that monkey off the back, don't you? And then they can come, all right, we've got a draw against Chelsea, but we're not losing every game and they can just lose this one then. <laughs> is, that, that, is that how it works? I think that's how they'll approach it, yeah. yeah. So we've got that point. That's, we're fine. Yeah, that's fine for now. That'll do us. I mean, we can win this, can't we? I think the things to be careful of are they've got uh, Minimino off of Liverpool who are regretting letting him leave because it sounds like he was the reserve that was holding the entire club together and they're falling to pieces without him. That's, can we just say, by the way, that's enjoyable. Worst champion since we defended it in 93? Yeah, probably. I think Leicester nearly went down, actually, didn't they? Mm, after after winning it. Yeah, that didn't count. That was a fairy tale, wasn't it? That was true, yeah. And I think Liverpool, no one saw this coming with Liverpool either, did they? No. Such a special club. The other thing we have to watch for is Shea Adams, if he's potentially still playing for a move to Yorkshire, he might want to impress Victor Orta. And he's been all right this season. He's got four goals, four assists. I mean, it's not Bamford numbers, is it? But they do reasonable have, for Southampton. They also have former Leeds legend, McCarthy and Nat. He was good for us for a, a few games. Then I think we had to have someone worse. We broke him. Mm. Uh, I think it was... Um, it was when he came back with, was he at Reading or was he already at Southampton when he had that absolute nightmare coming out of his goal? I only remember it for Eddie Gray's commentary because he just burst out laughing during the replays because he thought Alex McCarthy's performance was so hilarious. <laughs> I can remember, I can, I'll, I won't do too much of an Eddie Gray impression, but it's like, he comes, he stops. He comes, he stops. Oh, Tom. <laughs> it's great. I absolutely. The boy. Anytime Eddie Gray is just chuckling away in the background after a goal for Leeds is worth it. And I'm sure it was Alex McCarthy who gave us that, that joy. But he was fine for us. He was too good for us. Michael's hey, right. We had to get rid of him. These days, I think in the Panini album, if I'm right, we've got one for my lad and um, he's the star player uh, who's been identified. I think you get a shiny for Alex McCarthy. So, Well, he's not listed as one of their biggest strengths. By who scored.com. Who, who we've already established talk shite. Shooting from direct free kicks. That's James Ward Prowse. Is there very strong? Um, he is good at it. Is he also, confirm. for their style of play, is he also take long shots? Uh, I would think so, yeah. Okay. They're also very strong at stealing the ball from the opposition. I think they've um, they've got some new fancy pants, new midfielder that they reckon is the new Kante, don't they? So that might be him. But they're very weak at lots of things. They're very weak at defending against skillful players. So Alioski will have a field day. They're very weak at protecting the lead and very weak at aerial duels. So Cooper and Stroike can get a hat-trick each in this one. Also also um, very weak at navigating the lower ring road. I wasn't pleased with the, how they approached those traffic lights. The bus driver all over the place. They play an offside trap, so there's every potential for Bamford to be tweeting angrily again after the game. His monocle will come flying out of his face. I say that because he tweeted with a monocle, not because yeah. I, uh, any other reason. Um, I believe he wears a pince-nez <laughs> when he wants to read a, yes. a newspaper. Um, and their style of play is playing in their own half. So they can do that if they want. Ooh, I'm going to say low block 
and make it sound like I know what I'm on about. Uh, the, the words low block are not used here by whoscored.com, so don't make things Sorry. up without yeah. any evidential basis. They play in their own half. I don't know if they put a goal, they put some goal nets on if, the halfway uh, line. Yeah, I was going to say they won't win if they keep just doing that. They want to try playing in the opposition half too. I'm going to give some good news ahead of this game because it's a it's a home match, isn't it, this one? Yep. And it's only a 55% chance of rain on Tuesday. <laughs> is, that, is that all? That's good, though. Watch that number increase over the next 24 hours. It's Monday afternoon as we record this. And not that very is much. going to shoot and, up and, and bearing, up. bearing in mind, Moscow, as we got out of the car earlier on, I said, oh, there's a bit of spring in the air here, isn't yeah. there? A bit of sunshine across Leeds. There will be a beast from the east imminently. <laughs> 1.2 millimetres of rain on Tuesday. That doesn't sound like much. How many Moscow's penises is that? <laughs> Two. Ah oh dear. Right, uh, on to Aston Villa then. We've got them at tea time on Saturday. Uh, so they don't get a midweek game, so they get a bit more of a rest. But they are probably without Jack Grealish because it's been reported by the BBC he's out for up to five weeks because um, he was left out of the Leicester game as we found out through Fantasy Premier League. They're saying up to five weeks, but Dean Smith has since denied this. Mind games. You know what would be perfect? What's that? If they played him at, against Leeds not fully fit. Why? Because then he might get hurt even worse. <laughs> Instead of a five-week injury, a five-year injury. He has become annoyingly good this season, Grealish, hasn't he? I mean, he's, a, he's a really good player. Yeah, it's annoying, isn't it? I was, he, it was easier to dismiss him as a, a championship wannabe at one stage, but yeah, he's quite good now. You just can't get past that thing, though, where you know the Birmingham fan who ran on the pitch and pushed him over, that you just, that's a good idea. It's impossible <laughs> to move past that as just what should be done. Just shove him over. Whenever you see him, just push him over. It doesn't have to be a five-year injury, just... Put him on the ground. We should say don't assault Jack Grealish. Don't, especially don't run on a football pitch and do it because that's it's a criminal offence to enter the field of play, isn't it? If you do want him on the ground, being on a football pitch is the best place to do it because he well, he'll, he'll, he'll be quite happy about it. Won't he'll he? he'll yeah. do that all of his own accord. But I think they, I mean, I don't know if you saw them against Leicester. They do look like a different side without him in there carrying the ball because he does a lot of progressive running. Is that a phrase? Yeah, running, running. Running with, with, the with the ball. Running yeah. with the ball at people and doing stuff. Is there a wanky phrase for that, is it? Progressive? Goal yeah. stuff. Progressive yards. He does a lot of goal stuff for him, doesn't he? Yeah, they have to put Ross Barkley in there instead, and I think even Dean Smith is sick of him, from what I can gather. So that won't work out very well, but it will for us. Tyrone Mings is still in their team, and I think Pat Bamford had his number in earlier in the season. He seems to have a, an absolutely torrid day against him, so if he can just get in his mind again. Remember me? Mings made him angry, didn't he? That's why he went and banged loads of goals in. So, And Mings kind of has that habit. He does upset people as a defender. So if you can get Bamford riled up. We'll early. say we'll say this about Dean Smith's Villa as well. It doesn't feel like they've got our number based on the evidence so far up to this point. It feels like we should hopefully be the better side there. Yeah, we beat them all the time. It's great. Well, let's hope we do. Well, two home games. I know that the, um, you know, the form has tended to swing away from from home teams, doesn't it? Uh, this season, it's uh, it's working much more to the advantage of away teams. So uh, what are we expecting out of these two games? Six points? Yeah, I mean, factor in, Michael referred to it with the weather, but the grass will have grass this time that hopefully won't be, you're looking for it to be bedded in by now. That will help. When we came down here the other night for the game, that you could see the lights were on in the in the stadium. So obviously they've got the, the old uh, indoor growing lamps, we'll call them, on the, on the pitch. <laughs> the hydroponics. Um, so yeah it was wired up to the lamppost you could see it all there in place so I mean I'm sure they've what were all those police vans doing there outside it must be improved with with time surely I don't know a great deal about plants but they do grow don't they and if you if you leave them 
Well, we do have um, Aston Villa's characteristics from whoscored.com, but frankly, without Grealish, they're all irrelevant. Opponents tend to play aggressively against them. Not a factor when he's not on the pitch, is it? Who or what is more important in this? Is it the absence of Jack Grealish or the process of photosynthesis? I'm going to go Grealish. Six points then? I would like some more points. I know Fulham are still a long way off us, but they did win at the weekend. I'd just rather, I'd just rather we kept that gap a bit thing is, though, bigger. The thing is, is, though, with that, everyone's shitting themselves because Fulham are on a little bit of a minor run, but even still, they're not doing great. But we need seven teams to outperform us for us to go down. Yeah, I know that. I do know that. I would just feel a bit happier if there was just another couple of wins. If we could get two wins this week, then it's done, isn't it? That's done. We can just end those discussions there. And we can sign Rodrigo to Paul. Exactly. Exactly. Which I think he's done anyway. Yeah. I assume so from what Angus told us. <laughs> Sounded like it, didn't it? Chad Hurley seems happy to confirm it to anybody who asks. So, What's wrong with the Premier League? Well, everything apart from us who are here to fix it once and for all. And we've got a suggestion every week to make it better. What is it this week? I mean, I want to partly nominate the Panini sticker album, by the way, which as a Premier League product. It's expensive to fill that, but we could do that another week because we've got something else this week, haven't we? Well, it's the new ball. What's new about it, you ask? Picture on it. That's it. But for some reason, that's news. Somewhere you've just reduced a graphic designer to tears. Oh, but come that on. That withering come on. dismissal of their hard work. Listen to the wanky marketing bullshit that's been ascribed to this ball. It's oh, just... You, oh. you say wanky marketing bullshit... They say it's a bespoke graphic designed to reflect the intensity of the final stages of the Premier League when the focus of the teams and players narrows and the Premier League trophy is in sight. I can't think of a better way of describing Sheffield United at this moment than a team and players with a narrow focus on the Premier League trophy in sight. I mean, of course it's a bespoke graphic because you're not just going to wang a bit of clip art on it, are you? We've got a stock image. Here's something from Wingdings. Of a horse. Stick a picture of a... Like Shrewsbury Town's Clippy the Lion. Um, If people aren't familiar with Shrewsbury Shrewsbury Town's badge, it it was nicknamed Clippy because it's just a clip-art lion. Is that true? I'm going to have a look at that while we discuss this. I mean, Christ, how much is this ball, by the way? Didn't you have a look at this, Michael? I think my brain has struggled to can remember the number. Was it about 130 quid? Was it like 150 pounds or something? There are various different... Types. If you want the the perfect match ball, then listen to us after every game. The actual thing is 130 quid from memory, but you can have a version at various price points, lower 75, 50, 25, probably a fiver. That feels too expensive for a football, does that? The fiver one is guaranteed to get caught in a hedge and catch fire. (laughs) You have to spend at least 25 pounds for one that will last more than one playtime. Um, just before- got the, the real test of it is how well does it bounce on a concrete playground? And I've not seen anything in the uh, in the marketing material that that tells me because that bespoke graphic will just come clean off based on my usage of footballs. The graphic to explain it is a picture of a Premier League trophy with some arrows drawn towards it. I mean that is just mocking half the teams in the fucking Premier League because we've got nothing to play for. All that Sheffield United and Newcastle are doing is trying to to stay in the division. And then you you hand them this ball. Man City well, have won it basically. Yeah, they? Yeah. they put it on it. Um, and, and Sheffield United are not staying in this division. Imagine how fucking Liverpool feel. You put that ball goes on a plinth, doesn't it, before every game and then Jordan Henderson when he has to come limping on even though he's injured is the only one they've got and has to look at that trophy that they're not winning but they had last Remember this, Jordan? Oh no. <laughs> uh, we'll get on to the how do we fix it bit in a second because I have just had a look at Shrewsbury Town's badge 
That is a very odd-looking lion. Yeah. Three, three of them on the badge. Have you seen it? Well, let me, let me just turn. Have, I think they changed it recently. That's the current lion. I think that was the... Yeah, that's the new one. Yeah, well, that, that's got a lion repeated three times. It's sticking its tongue out and doing side eye. It's trying to mock you. Yeah. But it's the one before that, is it? Yeah. That was the kind of... That was like the ancient one. I think that was, that was so old it was before people could draw good lions. <laughs> well, it's the one they had for most of this century, I think. It was kind of quite a disappointed looking lion. It's roaring with a real sort of air of resignation. It's like, oh, mm. that's the one. Right, so I've just pulled up the picture of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's got its tongue stuck out again. They've got a thing about tongue in lions. Well, it's like Preston with their religious goat, isn't it? Sheep, whatever it is, with its stick. Going to hit you with a stick in the name of the Lord and Tom Finney. Uh, so how do we fix this Premier League ball shambles? Put the Shrewsbury Town lion on it. <laughs> or maybe the- a lion from a club whose name I can pronounce. To be fair, the Premier League logo is a stupid lion, isn't it? <laughs> stupid lions in the world. They're all thickos. I mean, my proposal here is that we return to the days of the Mitre Delta, and that's the standard Premier League football forevermore. And only Mitre should be allowed to make the footballs. They can make it, but they're not even they're not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it. You'll see it when someone's taking a throw in or whatever. You'll get a glimpse of it, and you'll be like, "Oh, yeah, Mitre that." As the world starts to gear up back into action in 2021, if you are planning to move house, please get in touch with Levi Solicitors for all your conveyancing needs. Uh, you will need a solicitor to sort it all out for you, so why not use Levi's, who are a leads company with branches across the country, and you can secure a 10% discount as well if you go through us. Go to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball and get your house move sorted in 2021. levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Heroes and villains now then, and we've opened this out to our TSB Plus subscribers again to give us suggestions because we, you know, we frequently overlook things in their silly opinions. We don't think that's true, do we? Um, first, let's do the Ken Bates Villainy Award. Someone who has uh, transgressed us in the last seven days. Nuno Espirito Santo, who I still begrudge not being our third-choice goalkeeper from the late 90s. Roger suggested he has assembled a team of bad characters. Matt talking about how he said we deserved our luck. No, he didn't. And Liam says he's got a shit beard. I think that's a fairly comprehensive takedown of Wolverhampton's so-called manager. I quite like him generally as well, but it's annoying when he's against you, isn't he? Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> he gave all that money to like local charities as well, didn't he? Recently? And he's been quite sort of um, human during mm. uh, COVID, hasn't he? Said he's, you know, it's a bit needy. the reality. Yeah, of... He's a bit needy, isn't he? Like, see, see, there's tears in his eyes on Friday. He was almost crying at the prospect of beating Leeds. And maybe it was just a bit windy. I don't know. One of the two, but it just, I thought, you're a bit needy, Nuno. In fairness, the lockdown is when people can't travel places and he presumably lives in Wolverhampton. So a tough break let's have some sympathy and I do remember how much he pissed off Neil Warnock as well when they played um, Cardiff when he went to try and shake his hand and Warnock told him to fuck off and then did an interview about how Nuno lacked class so I I don't know but his team I think um, a, a team of bad characters as Roger says does sum up Wolves quite well yeah, including point. perhaps Michael's first nomination Pedro Neto yeah the, the squealer on the corner I've, I've went from the uh, audio of the game I managed to isolate his little hissy fit that he was having when Stuart he perceived I mean, Stuart Dallas was stood near to him are we not talking about a, a, a Raul Jimenez style fractured skull here no well have a little listen you can all that's happened is Stuart Dallas is within his eye line and it's okay. the 91st minute and he's trying to take a corner Oh, 
What was that? That's when he's getting bit and booked at the end. He's first of all squealing about Stuart Dallas. Then when it becomes clear the referee is tired of his shit and gets his cards out, he goes. Oh. Uh, we had a number of people actually who've been in touch uh, regards to sort of the, the general laws of the universe. Mike got in touch and said back of Melier's head, Gaz for LUFC the crossbar and physics and geometry seems like a good catch-all there. Rounded posts as well. If you had a square post, that'd have bounced <laughs> straight out with that ball. Which I believe cost Rangers a place in the European Cup final in the mid-70s. I think Saint-Etienne had square posts and the ball just hit the post and smacked straight back out again. I can't remember the exact upshot, but that definitely happened. Um, it was Bird S from DC nominated physics and geometry because that rebound and bounce, as he says, was completely uncalled for. And that whole goal, he missed. Yep. So the the reaction to it, that can piss off. Yeah. Because he missed that. there, And we've had um, more shade thrown due to Wolves' lights, funnily enough, pretending there's a Coldplay concert going on. I'm surprised they didn't have everybody holding up the phones and bloody, they probably do, don't they? Very unnecessary. Because you can't have cigarette lighters anymore because it's naughty to smoke indoors. Everyone holds up the phone yeah, lights now, don't It's yeah. like it's a Brian Adams concert. Yeah. And then Connor Cody <laughs> comes running out with holding his head and crying. Um, Jason also got in touch. His neighbours, um, he lives in Kings Wynn Ford. <laughs> that's assume is somewhere near Wolverhampton uh, because they're all wolves around here. They actually think they should have won and that you, uh, that Leeds run around a lot, but are just having an average season for a newly promoted club, which... Wolves can maybe like they did come up and qualify straight away for the Europa League, didn't they? But that was because they'd spent billions of pounds in the championship, whereas we... They cheated their way out. We turned Jackie Harrison into a god called Jackie Haradonna, and we don't even own him. We did it as a favour to somebody else that we also benefited from. But yeah, the idea that we're having an average season for a newly promoted club is wrong. And I look forward to Wolves' relegation struggle next season. For a mild... You know, mid-table Premier League, you can't even call it a clash with old Wolves, Steve Bull's Wolves. Got quite testy this one, didn't it, in the end? We've already had a nomination for the back of Melier's head. Uh, George is... the front. George has nominated the whole of Liam Cooper's head. His disfigured skull is how he describes it. I'm not sure if it's he just doesn't like looking at it or whether he thinks it's leading to him heading that, chances that, straight at the goalkeeper. Feels a bit cruel. He's not, he's not exactly Merrick, is he? I mean, he's, we, I did the comment the other day, I think his nose is getting bigger. So I'm not sure how that's happening. Since he got called up for Scotland. Getting the Lorimer nose. And we can't cover off all that without mentioning the referee, of course, for facilitating this time-wasting. Exactly. He should have booked Neto on about 60 minutes and just had had seen the end of it then, but instead he'd allowed that to go on until the 91st minute, when eventually he was like, oh, okay, now I'm going to take some action. But, you know, by that point it was too late. Is that everyone then? Are we going to pick a villain? Give it to Neto. I'm really not a fan of that squealing. What Neto was the embodiment of all that was ill on uh, on Friday night. I mean, if you know, we did a stop clock thing, or Michael did a stop clock thing to see how much time should be added on. There should be some kind of rule against squealing like that just because Stuart Dallas is there. That should be an automatic red card, some kind of sanctioned points off, and a villainy award off of our podcast will just have to do. Andy Hughes Hero Award. Who's your hero of the week? Let's get some nominations in. Melier turned it round, didn't he? All the pressure on him after the the showing at um, Emirates, and uh, Richard praised him for his goldfish quality, which is a good way of putting it, that he just completely forgets the bad things that happened to him and uh, and carries on. And watching his save from the villain Neto, again, that one that was headed for the top corner, was absolutely fantastic. And he would have saved 
Triore shot if it had been on target. But because it was going so far wide, just had to leave it, didn't he, and look at the price he paid. So he didn't deserve such shit luck out of that game, but maybe he deserves an Andy Hughes hero. And the look on his face after that went in, that kind of, I can't believe that's just happened. I felt for him. The worst thing to have happened in his young life. I can't imagine Melier um, having bulked up. It's going to happen, probably, particularly once he gets north of about, what, 30, 35 He's going to pad out a little bit. The uh, pressman tra- trajectory. <laughs> That's what he's thinking. Picturing Melier's head on Traore's body. <laughs> one for Rob Price to work on, maybe. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, he's uh, it'd be interesting to chart his progress. Who else? Lucy Ward. Yeah, she repped as well, didn't she? Um, on Friday, commentating, co-commentating on, on BT Sport. And just having, as Lindsay pointed out in our feedback form, she knows the club which does actually help someone who you get the impression has watched as probably every game this season. We did have a few people from Wolves bitching and moaning that she was dead biased, but you know, who cares? I did actually watch the game back with the full BT commentary because we had some of the international coverage that had Karen Carney on and I think there were various other people on other channels. And listening to Lucy Ward all the way through, I did start hearing it from a Wolves perspective and chuckling because <laughs> it was very... It reflected that she knew a lot more about Leeds because that's her her club and the Wolves stuff that she had was on point as well. But you could tell she was Leeds. Good. Yeah, it was really good. Because we're more important than they are. And fairness. Being Leeds is more important than being fair. I think we'll all agree on that. But not that she wasn't fair. (laughs) She was perfectly fine. There was um, an adequate amount of research done on Wolves, but it could not compete with the depth of her instinctive knowledge about Leeds United. I want to nominate the Barn Shed Outhouse. What is it? It's something in Menston, but it's got a picture of Marcelo Bielsa on the side. More of these. Everyone used to work in the planning department years ago, didn't you, Moscow, Leeds Council? Don't need planning for that. But you should make it mandatory. You when might someone do put someone in the green belt. Someone sure. applies for an extension, though. So this all looks fine. Where's the picture of Marcelo Bielsa? I like what you've done, but there's a tweak required. That, you see that gable end there? It's quite big, isn't it? A lot of brick there. What you need is... In fact, there's not a brick. There's not a lot of brick there. I see you've gone for some windows. <laughs> well, we're gonna. We, you can paint over the windows if you choose, but I would suggest you just have some bricks. Yeah, put mm. a load of bricks in there. Don't need daylight for your children, and put a picture of Marcelo Bielsa there. I mean, the biggest planning decision locally and local to Menston, as well, of recent weeks has been the new terminal at Leeds Bradford Airport, and I imagine that the controversy surrounding that would have been dampened down quite considerably. You mean, been... you mean uh, Marcelo Bielsa Airport? I mean, that's going to be my punchline. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> if we're not here to fuck each other over, then why are we here? <laughs> Do you want to deliver the line? No, good. it's fine. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. And there is a picture that I've seen um, of a sheep in the foreground. You know, Bielsa's kind of looking down longingly. Fondly, not longingly, because that would suggest he wants to have intercourse with that sheep. And that's, I mean, not necessarily. Not he might have... The... People look longingly at things for other reasons. Yes, but it did sound vaguely sexual, and I don't want that. I don't want it to be tarnished with that. With that, pastime. you see, you, <laughs> you've got all giddy now, haven't you? Because you stole my punchline, yeah. and now you've you've walked yourself straight into, into a, a bestiality corner with you and Marcelo Bielsa. New section of the podcast: bestiality <laughs> corner. What what send, animals? Send in your nominations I mean, by, the, by the feedback. We form. have been there with certain referees in the past. But I wonder if a feature stressing that Marcelo Bielsa is not longing he just, for intercourse with an animal is a weekly he feature. Lo- he loves all living things. That's what I should have said. 
and I now regret my decision not to phrase it in those terms. Who's your hero of the week? I think for her biased stroke. Knowledgeable. Knowledgeable and perfect co-commentary, Lucy Ward. Yeah, well done, Lucy. Thank you. More of that, please. Uh, that's it for this one, then. If you want to listen ad-free and get early access to the Match Ball Plus, our subscriber-only exclusive podcast, The Extra Ball, check out TSB Plus, our subscription package. You get a full magazine digital package in there as well. Daily email from Moscow, the squareball.net forward slash plus. We'll catch you next time. See you in a bit. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 